Happy Easter. Hey, it was my neighbor the other day that reminded me that on the very first Easter, all of Jesus' friends were sheltered in place. Well, very, very much like what we're doing right now. Now, we're sheltering in place to stay safe to avoid a virus. Now, they were trying to stay safe to avoid a crucifixion. You know, it had just been on Friday when Jesus had gone to the cross because of the radical message of the good news that he was preaching. And now it was Sunday. His followers were hiding. They didn't want to be next. But it was on that first Easter Sunday that Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. And he shocked his friends by showing up in the middle of the room where they were hiding. The first words he spoke to them were peace be with you. Now, I don't know where you are right now, but can I speak those words to you right into the middle of your situation? Peace be with you. Hey, today we're going to be looking at Easter from a kind of a different perspective. And, and so to do that, we need to back up a few days before that first Easter to the hours that led up to Jesus' death. It was on Thursday night that Jesus the one who had taught peace had been arrested by a group of armed soldiers. They drug him off to two different religious leaders who were questioning him relentlessly. And, and then they drug him off to a man named Pilate. Now, he was not a Pilate. His name was Pilate. And uh, he was the Roman governor of Judea. Pilate began interrogating Jesus trying to figure out what he'd possibly done to get these religious leaders so upset with him that they'd want him executed. Now, here's part of the dialogue that Jesus was having with Pilate. It's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 18. Pilate asked him, Are you really the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, So you are a king. Jesus responded, You say that I'm a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to demonstrate the power of truth. Everyone who seeks truth Here's my voice. Pilate looked at Jesus and said, What is truth? Now, Pilate had somewhat been involved in the arrest of Jesus because he was the one that would have had the authority to send the soldiers to get him in the first place. But now that he sees Jesus face to face, he's, he's, he's not exactly sure what's going on because he was expecting to see someone who was this dangerous revolutionary that he'd been told about. And instead of being confronted with anger and defiance, here's Jesus standing in front of him, filled with peace, filled with this calm confidence. And so he asked Jesus skeptically, are you really the king of the Jews? That's what I've been hearing about. And then Jesus, as he often did, he answered in this brilliant but kind of a roundabout way. And he said, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. Now, this was a roundabout answer because by saying that he did have a kingdom, Jesus was declaring 
that he was a king without actually coming out and saying it to Pilate. But it was also this brilliant answer. And we're going to come back to Jesus' words here a few minutes from now to talk about why these words are so important. Now, Jesus goes on and says this, For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to demonstrate the power of truth. Everyone who seeks truth hears my voice. Now, this was just one of Jesus' kind of drop-the-mic type of statements right here. He was saying that I wasn't just born into the world. He said, I came into the world. Now, only God could say that because you and me, we didn't have a choice. We just kind of like, boop, we, we showed up right here into the world. But only God could say, I chose to come to earth. And Jesus then says that he came with a mission. I came to show the world what real truth is. I came to demonstrate the power of truth. I think demonstrations are really important. Uh, in fact, I think that's why I like Costco so much because I may have been walking up and down the aisles a hundred times and seeing this box that says world's greatest blender. But you know what I'm getting at, and that's at Costco, they have demonstrations. And so the person has the blender out of the box and is saying, check this out, watch as I put these rocks into this blender and just crush them into this magical goodness and sugar. And we're like, dude, I want one, I need one of those. But here's the truth. Unlike Costco, Jesus had nothing to sell. In fact, he said, I'm going to pay the price for you because I know you cannot pay the price to redeem your own soul. I'm going to do that for you. That is the message of his death and Easter resurrection. That is the demonstration of truth. The pilot just looks at Jesus and says, what is truth? And you know what, that's the same question that many are still asking today. What is truth? People have assumed that the truth can be many different things. Isn't it just a matter of personal preference? I mean, there can't just be one truth about God, can there? I mean, there's my truth and there's your truth and one is as good as the other, right? Although this kind of thinking is really common in our day, Jesus brought a very different message. In fact, it was in John chapter 18, verses 31 and 32, that Jesus said it this way. He said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, there's this qualification of following deeply after Jesus' teachings and agreeing with him that you know, what he says is the truth. Now, it was only hours after Jesus had this conversation with Pilate that Jesus was brutally nailed to a cross. But truth didn't die. Truth lived and lives on today. I want to take you on a little mental break right here. and We're going to take a quiz. 
about what you think is true about the world. I'm gonna give you this visual quiz about where people live around the world right now. So are you ready? Now feel free to pause the video and think out your answer. Just no cheating, no Googling. Because right now there's a roughly seven billion people on the planet. Where do these seven, seven billion people live? So you have three choices, A, B, or C. Now for those on the podcast, I'm gonna go ahead and read the answers here. A is that one billion people are spread over North and South America, another one billion in Europe, another one billion in Africa, and then four billion in Asia. A B is this, one billion spread over North and South America, one billion in Europe, two billion in Africa, 3 billion in Asia. Answer C is that there's 2 billion spread over North and South America, another 1 billion in Europe, 1 billion in Africa, 3 billion in Asia. So now before you go on, you got to stop and put your answer into the comments section of the video because we want to see who gets this right. Okay, you ready? Drum roll, please. What is the correct answer? The correct answer is A. Yes, there are four billion people living in Asia. Now, if you answered incorrectly, yeah, don't, don't take it too hard because this same question has been asked over to thousands of people all around the world. And you know that only 30% of people have gotten that answer correct. Now, I think this is super ironic that when they ask that, question of people in Japan and South, uh, South Korea, they actually scored worse than the rest of the world. And the last time I checked, they were living in Asia. They are Asian. But if you're wondering, guess what? I, I got the answer incorrect as well when I first took this. So here's the crazy thing. How can I know what's true about our world when I misplace a billion people? It's like, oops, uh, I just lost you there for a moment. See, I think this little test shows that we don't always know what's true, even about the really big things. And what is true about God is of the greatest importance. Pete Scazzaro said this in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. He said, there is no greater disaster in the spiritual life than to be immersed in unreality. In fact, the true spiritual life is not an escape from reality, but an absolute commitment to it. That's why Jesus' mission on earth was to demonstrate the power of truth. And I believe that the Easter message the death and resurrection of Jesus was the greatest demonstration of truth that the world has ever seen. He said, could you stop and think with me for the next couple of moments about Jesus' death? Now, you can't get to Easter without going through Good Friday. There's no resurrection without a crucifixion. But Jesus, he wasn't murdered his life wasn't taken from him. He willingly laid it down, his life, in exchange for ours. John said it like this in 
1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. He said, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Now, it's hard for us to imagine that God would die. I mean, if I was God, I would not write brutal death into my story. How about you? I don't think you would either. See, but this is where we need to jump back to Jesus' brilliant words to Pilate when he said, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. You see, our earthly kingdom is founded on principles of things like survival of the fittest and you better take what you can when you can get it because you don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. So just be a taker, be a survivor. But the kingdom of God that Jesus was talking about is founded in something very different. It's founded in love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. While the earthly kingdom is rooted in taking, God's kingdom is rooted in giving and giving because of his great love for you and for me and for our neighbors. The cross was Jesus' great demonstration of the truth of his love for all of us. But here's the good news. Jesus did not stay dead. So think for another moment, not just about Jesus' death, but about his resurrection on that first Easter. Now imagine how distraught Jesus' followers were after his brutal death. They'd given up everything to follow after him. And they'd put his, their trust fully in him because they'd seen him do things they'd never even dreamed were possible. I mean, blind eyes being open, Jesus walking on water, food being multiplied right before them, and the love of Jesus being demonstrated in such amazing and beautiful ways. It was, it was beyond anything they could have ever imagined. But now here they are hiding in fear because all seemed lost. The one they had hoped in was now gone. And so everything that he had told them that they believed in was now being called into question. You know, I think right here is the very essence of hopelessness. And that's where Jesus' followers found themselves. And hopelessness is even believing that God himself can't help me right now in my situation. But Jesus not only died for us as a demonstration of his great love, he rose again as a demonstration of his great power. Peter, a close follower of Jesus and one of the guys who was hiding in the room when Jesus showed up, years later he, he wrote this. It is found in 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. Those who put their trust in Jesus and the reality of his resurrection life and power are those who can move from hopelessness to hope. Or in the words of Peter, which I just love, well, they're people who can live with great expectation. For those who have put their trust in Jesus, their expectation is that the same resurrection power that will cause Jesus to rise from the grave on that first Easter Sunday, well, that's available to you and to me. So we live with the great expectation that we can experience eternal life instead of death. Well, we have the great expectation that we can be forgiven and not live with shame and with guilt. We have the great expectation that we can live in freedom, even from addiction, rather than be held as its prisoner forever. We have the great expectation that we can live in peace rather than filled with anxiousness or depression. And we have the great expectation that we can experience wholeness in our bodies rather than being trapped by brokenness and sickness. Now listen, God never promised us that life in this earthly kingdom would be easy. It certainly wasn't for Jesus. And I think our life experience has shown that life here is not easy as well. But Jesus invites us to become citizens of his kingdom. He invites us to a life that never ends in hopelessness, but rather always ends with a great expectation. Friends, you're not stuck. No matter what you're facing right now, you can reach out and grab hold of Jesus, the one who did rise from the dead. In other words, you can reach beyond this earthly kingdom and grab a hold of true life in God's kingdom. Do you remember what Jesus said to Pilate? Everyone who seeks truth hears my voice. My prayer this Easter is that you are seeking truth and that you're hearing the voice of Jesus. Would you hear his voice also in, in these words, also captured by his friend John, in John 5, 24, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the truth, here it is. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Now, passing from death to life or passing from this earthly kingdom to God's heavenly kingdom, that's not just something that happens when, you know, when, um, when we die, you know, we assume room temperature. Uh, that's not when we pass from death to life. 
We pass from death to life whenever we say yes to Jesus and his message, his words, and grab a hold of his truth. I'd like to pray for you. Just wherever you are right now, would you join in with me? And if you're with others, then maybe you can just grab hands and, and pray along with me this Easter Sunday. Jesus, thank you for dying for us because of your great love. And God, thank you that you rose again in power so that now we can live in great expectation of your help right now, no matter what it is that we're facing. So today, friends, would you join me in saying, God, I say yes to your truth. I repent for where I've gotten it wrong. And God, I accept your forgiveness. Today, Jesus, I take your hand and God, I give you my life. Listen, if that was your prayer, praise the Lord. God hears your yes. In fact, we've created a little resource for you about just the great importance of saying yes to God. It's available on our website. You can go to just sm4.org slash yes and read about what God's word tells us about saying yes to God and who it is that we're saying yes to and even how we can keep saying yes to him. Hey, church family, if you just stick around for just one more moment, I have a few special updates that I'd like to bring to you. Number one is this. Kelly and I had a tradition with our kids each Easter, and uh, we want to extend that invitation to you as well. We would read them a special Easter book, and tonight via Zoom at 6 p.m., you are invited to story time with Pastor Kelly. So grab your kids at 6 o'clock. The link is going to be right on our Easter page. We're going to show you where that is right now. And we would love to have you join with our family and a bunch of others around our uh, church family as we read this special Easter story. Hey, secondly, thank you for all of those who have been giving generously. Uh, we've been seeing that a bunch of people have figured out how to give online, and it's really not that hard. You can go right onto our website to the giving page. It's easy to find. Or if you have your phone right with you now, you can just simply text SM4 to 77977. And if you do that, a little dialogue will pop up on your phone and show you how you can uh, give using technology. It's pretty simple. And man, we are so grateful for the generosity that you've been already uh, sharing with your church family. Hey, and lastly is this. We want to stay connected with you. We want to hear from you. We want to pray for you. And so if you need prayer or just want to connect for any reason, maybe you even have a question about today's message, We'd love, we'd love to hear from you. And so if you just go to the homepage on our website, sm4.org, and you're gonna see on there a virtual connection card. Just click on that card, and it's gonna take you to a place where you can communicate with us. That'll come straight to our team, and we're gonna be praying for you, and we promise we'll get back with you as well. Hey, you're so loved, not only by me, but more importantly by Jesus.
So happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. Go in peace.